right. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Screen on the Spot. We have another special guest today, a first timer. We have Dan Cohen today. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hi, it's Dan. nice to be with you fine people. I've been your colleague for two years now, and I still haven't been in a room with all three of you yet. So it's <laughs> nice to be, to be doing this virtually. You I have know. so much to look forward to when we're I all really in the same do. room yes. together. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's it's just nothing but movie and TV talk and arguing, <laughs> making fun right, of Chris. It's what I live for, all of those things, including <laughs> the arguing. <laughs> and making fun of Chris, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you'll hop on that bandwagon soon enough. Dan, how long have you been in Kansas City? Two, two years. years. I moved two here years. for the job. Two years, April of 2020, literally a month after everything shut down. I described this to someone when I was explaining when I got here. I arrived here in the middle of like the Western movie where the tumbleweed is like going across the front. The split doors are like swinging and you hear them creaking because nothing was going on. So I moved here when it was deathly quiet and still when everything was closed. But now things are opening back up and it's been great. I, I, I feel like you've gotten to see a lot of Kansas City, judging by just your Instagram posts and stuff. Yeah, like you're you're out and over. about. You're, I've been you're all over and I feel like I have so much more to learn too, which is great. So, yeah. Well, it's funny. Cool. I was just telling somebody else, you know, we've worked together for two years now and I only just saw you in person for the first time last week. Weird, right? Just communicating through emails and phone calls. like uh, Yeah, Justin, Chris, and Sarah have been figments of my imagination for the better part of the last two years. But you know what's weird about the whole thing is like, I still feel like I'm friends with you. You know, like even though we haven't had face-to-face much face-to-face time at all it's just like through twitter like just through texting and like emails through work it's like i'm friends I, yeah. with like, all three of I, you yeah it's like it's dan. we love dan what talking about here but that's you know what nice. we don't know a lot about dan's movie taste so that's why i'm very we're very excited to to talk to you about all that stuff yeah that's what i'm here for. absolutely but i think before we do that sarah got <laughs> to see the batman i did you guys also could have gone and chose not to <laughs> well, I no, I really couldn't. I had a oh, you home, home obligations. I, I had no I had to go to Girl Scout. Chris had no excuse. I had no excuse, uh, <laughs> except for it was what close to three hours, Sarah. So it was at the yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna give too much away because I know you guys are all like pretty. Uh, Dan, are you excited to see this? Is this like something that you're pumped about or no? Yeah, it's not something that it's at the top of my list. But as someone who saw all of the Christopher Nolan movies yeah. recently, like multiple times. I am curious to see this offshoot uh, of the franchise. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not at the top of my list. I need to do my Oscar prep first. Yes. After I do all of that, I will go see the Batman. Yes. I hear you. And yes, we can talk a little bit about some of the Oscar stuff that we have to watch, left to watch as well. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, Chris and Justin kind of heard my my thoughts on this already, but I will share with the uh, outer world of podcast listeners on what I thought of this. And I was actually kind of surprised because I, I, so I didn't love the Batman and I thought there was more people that felt kind of as I did, but judging by some of the initial reviews, people really loved it. And I was a little shocked that I was, you know, one of the few voices of, eh, this movie's not that great. It didn't really, you know, speak to me as much as all these other people who are ranting and raving about how wonderful it is. Um, it, it's not a bad film. It's just, uh, it just wasn't, it didn't hit for me, I guess. Like I, I, I expected something different and uh, maybe I shouldn't have gone in with any expectations whatsoever, but um, 
yeah, so it's three hours. It is very long. I did feel like it dragged a lot. Uh, they definitely were trying to do kind of the more detective Batman, but what surprised me was like the noir part of it. Like I was not expecting that at all. Like there's there's Batman Dio throughout the whole movie, which is weird. <laughs> I didn't, I don't need Batman to narrate what's going on in a Batman <laughs> movie, um, especially Rob Pattinson. I don't know. It's just very it was a strange strange occurrence for me um and rob pattinson he plays it well he's he's kind of an, an emo batman he's very dark the movie's very violent um but yeah again like i i want i want my batman to be you know the superhero type batman not the like kind of like whiny depressed <laughs> skinny kid batman it was just a different take on him not that it's bad it's just different um, so I definitely preferred the Christopher Nolan series as opposed to this. Um, other than that, you know, like, I mean, I, I mentioned this to Justin and Chris. I thought some of the, the they were not kind to any of the female characters. Um, they're kind of, you know, there to be beat up on and abused. And um, Cat, Catwoman, she didn't, she had an interesting storyline and they could have done a little bit more with that. Her fight sequences I thought were way more exciting than the Batman fight sequences. Um, but then they like put her in a romance situation with him, which I didn't feel like that was needed at all. Like, what was the point of that? She she was pretty much the only, you know, strong female character to, to look at. And, and then they kind of added this love line with some lame, really lame lines, which everybody saw <laughs> in the trailer. Um, I thought uh, Colin Farrell did a really good job as the Penguin. He's not like the main bad person. It's really Paul Dano as the Riddler, and Paul Dano is creepy. He is I love Paul Dano. very good at what he does. So, yeah, like, I mean, take what he did in Prisoners, which Chris loves, and like amplify that times 30. <laughs> it's just the acting, just the, the, the sheer just... I don't know. He 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 does portray a very creepy person very well, but almost to the point where I was a little bit scared about how some audiences would react to that. Because as we know, there are people in this world who are mentally ill and do enjoy violence, and you don't want anybody to take that portrayal and you know glorify that in any kind of way, which I could see happening very easily. Um, because he he is in his character is kind of like he's like I don't know how to describe this a hero to the online mentally ill uh, so um yeah that could be an issue anyways that's pretty much all I got on that um I didn't like the music I thought the cinematography <laughs> was great but yeah it just it kind of dragged and the, it was very confusing plot they talked a lot about some characters that you never see and don't really know who they are and their names are all kind of italian so you're a little bit confused on who and what is happening um but yeah that's what i got yeah the three-hour runtime the three-hour runtime was definitely something i was a little nervous about like not even just trying to fit it into the day of when i'm gonna go see it but you know any any story yeah. can kind of wear on you for for too long and you know a superhero movie with that being that long and that brooding and dark, I, you know, right. that was my- And very, very violent. Mm -hmm. um, it's, well, kind a lot of like... it's kind of crazy that it's like PG-13 because the trailers make it seem like it could be R and then we talk about violence uh, a lot, but 
Oh, and wow. that's what was weird about it. I mean, it had like, I, I'm sure you guys probably saw some of the reviews. People were comparing it to like Zodiac and to Seven. I felt like I definitely see Seven, like influences of Seven for sure. And a little bit of Saw. So it was like kind Oof. of like a horror film. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the violence, it was a little surprising that it's like, well, we want it to push the boundaries a little bit, but back off. So it's like not quite, you know, that crazy but i mean it's it's definitely all there it could have been very easily been a rated r movie if they had sure. wanted it to be um so yeah i just i guess i just prefer if you're gonna do a batman movie like i want it to feel like an action movie um kind of and that's what exactly what no no one did i feel yeah. like you know he, he made it dark but it was still like action-packed and fun to watch and like the fight sequences were exciting and the music like really like brought you into this and this just wasn't it was very like slow and batman kind of clumped around slowly and his like punches were like slow motion punches and everything he did was just i don't know you know i like the black widow style of fighting like i like the fast moving like super jumping on shoulders jason Bourne. yeah so (laughs) um yeah yeah i was I, i was shocked like when you said uh that you weren't really a huge fan and then i i just assumed okay if sarah says it's this way then everyone else is going to fall yep. in line and then i was shocked that then after you you pull up rock tomatoes or just even like google it uh and it's like an 87 right now out of like 161 reviews and like even just articles are saying it's like one of the best it's a yeah. mind-bending film that grabs you and never lets go and i'm like yeah, i didn't but, feel that way <laughs> but hearing your opinion on it uh you know and how they don't they're kind of like treat women badly and and all this stuff it's it's an interesting take because um like i maybe my i don't know i i always had really high expectations but now i'm like oh like i i feel like it's going to be interesting to look at it from a different lens uh when I, and I I feel like maybe I just noticed things differently than other people too because I, I, I did not see a single thing about like anybody talking about the women aspect of it and there was also like parts that felt kind of soap opera to me um a lot of the characters that did not have lines that were just you know characters but you know not main characters um it, it, their actions felt so forced like I, this is not really a spoiler but there was this part where Batman's um like saving somebody he's like putting a woman in a helicopter or something to be rescued and she just she looks at him and she goes slowly just like grabs his arm like this Uh, and it just felt so corny and uh, not real and just like you could tell the director was behind the camera being like okay slowly grab batman's arm and just look at him like he's a savior and like (laughs) feel the directions and i was like this is not act this is so corny like what is happening this does not feel real at all it just felt super coarse so, it's one of those I mean, things, it's like uh, certain Batman imageries that we don't really need. It's like, we know Batman, we've seen things many times. It's like, we don't need his origin story. We don't need moments of people realizing how much of a hero, like we, we, we get it. Let's it's just, just awkward. It. And, I, and I don't feel like people probably picked up on that at all. It's just, I, I notice weird things when I'm watching sure. movies, I guess. Well, and always, also I like, I'm not a comic book, you know, I don't oh, read sure. those comic books. So I'm coming from a perspective of like, I just want to see a good flick. You know, mm-hmm. and I could see my parents going into this movie and just being like, what the heck did we just watch? So, I mean, like Justin and I kind of talked about a little bit too, this could be a movie where critics and the fanboys are going crazy over and an average movie watcher just might be like, this was ridiculous. So, sure, it's not a very fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
I always appreciate having my expectations leveled a bit though, whenever I'm really jazzed about something, because you know, there's nothing worse than going into something with super high expectations and feeling let down. So it's always good to kind of have them leveled out, but. But that said, I think you're going to love it. <laughs> I think we're going to be probably. totally opposite. I think you're <laughs> going to go into it and be like, what is she talking about? This was amazing. That's what I, told, I, told, I told Justin, I said, well, maybe since like Sarah didn't like it and like, I love like horror and dark and yeah weird movies, then maybe I would love it. Uh, but yeah, to your point, like the average person i could see some of my close friends that like just like blockbuster movies and stuff i could sure. see them like, oh, this isn't for me like i don't mm-hmm. like this yeah. sure i'm well, very i'm very curious to hear what you guys think when you finally do see it yeah well speaking of dark and brooding and pushing boundaries dan cohen dan cohen <laughs> <laughs> that's at the top of my cv all of those yeah, yeah. <laughs> so dark and brooding uh, dark and brooding yeah yeah, probably the opposite, I guess. Uh, so I asked you to pick three to five movies to talk about. I wanted to know before we start talking about them, are these five movies that you picked, are they like just your top five? Or are they five movies that you're just really like and like to talk about their go-tos? Like I wanted to know what your cri- kind of criteria was when you picked. Yeah, I think I picked the five because they each fall into like categories that I love. So they're probably like five like movies that I would bring with me on a desert island. They're not my all time favorites, but like they're must haves. And I think they describe my movie tastes very well. Like if you were to ask me off the top, like what are five movies that describe your taste? These are the ones. So they're not necessarily my five favorites, but I think they basically, you know, cover all of my you know favorite styles directors actors you know storytelling that type of thing perfect all right well why don't you pick one to start with what do you want to start with i think goodfellas is the best place to start and and i'll start with a hot take i think it's scorsese's best movie um oh yeah i 100 agree it's not his most award-winning i still have uh violent feelings about the academy giving dances with wolves best picture that year but I think it's his best movie. I think it's his best storytelling. I think it's his best um, ensemble cast and just some of the stuff he does in there right off the top, the tracking shot that he has with Lorraine Bracco and Ray Liotta walking to the bottom of the club and it ends with them sitting in their front row table. It's just so beautifully done and they did it in one take and obviously they didn't, you know, they probably had to use you know multiple takes, but they did it in one shot. And you've seen so many people try and emulate that in other movies and in other TV shows. So that alone is like a massive flex from a director who's like in his element and at the height of his power. So I think Goodfellas is probably my number one. And whenever anyone asks me what my favorite gangster movie is, I know the Godfather 50th anniversary is happening right now. Mm -hmm. They're releasing it in theaters. I think Goodfellas is my favorite gangster movie, period. And The Sopranos was a direct growth from there. I mean, Lorraine Bracco is Karen in Goodfellas, and then she's playing Dr. Jennifer Melfi as Tony's therapist in The Sopranos. And it's like an instant call to David Chase being like, I love this movie. I'm going to make a TV show in this style. And look what what happens. So- and Dan, are you from Jersey? Where are you I from? Am. Yeah. So I am. There, okay. there's kind of that connection to like New York, yeah. Jersey, like culture too as well. Yeah. Sure. And my, my father's a physician back home and he has an enormous contingent of Italian American patients. Mm-hmm. So we are intimately familiar with that community and the show 
The Sopranos is incredibly accurate in its depiction of the Italian American um, aesthetic, behavior, neighborhood, community, that type of thing. So, um, and Goodfellas doesn't take place in New Jersey. It takes place in New York, right, right over the river. But mm-hmm. it's, um, that's, that's my all time. And I remember watching it for the first time and I texted my dad and I was like, why did you keep this from me for so long? <laughs> and he was like, I wanted you to find it on your own. Oh, wait, I, so when did you watch it? Like when, like what age were you when you kind of got it? I was a freshman movie? in college when I watched it for the okay. first time. And, and I'm glad I watched it then because I appreciated it even more. I, it would have flown over my head if I was 13. Oh, yeah. sure. As yeah. a freshman in college, I was just like, I've never seen anything like this before. For so. sure. Yeah. That's my long Goodfellas rant. Yeah. Uh, well, and that tracking shot is like, I mean, people write papers on how great that is. Like if you're in any kind of film school, like you're watching that and, and studying it. We, because, we studied that scene yeah. uh, when I was at KU in some film classes. Uh, yeah, definitely one of the greatest uh, one takes for sure that, that I can recall. Or one, uh, one and they're shot. still doing it now. Like you yeah. watched the first season of True Detective. I, I forget yeah. which episode it was. But that eight-minute sequence, yeah. we're going through the stash houses and everything. I'm like, this is Goodfellas, twenty years later. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I 100% agree too with that take. Um, and I, I, I know that The Departed won the Academy Award, and I know some people love that film. I've never been like the biggest fan, um, but like Goodfellas, just as a, as a story, um, just aesthetic wise. I mean, the actors, my God, um, alone. I mean, it's just, uh, and it's so rewatchable too. I mean, I find myself watching that every single time it's on. I mean, now I usually don't because I feel like it's always on AMC and I guess with (laughs) live, they don't have AMC. Um, But I would always find myself watching that movie. What What a great film. Yeah, yeah, The Departed was like my bridge to it because that came out when I was in high school and I was obsessed with The Departed. I mean, it was my mom actually who was like, well, if you like The Departed, you've got to see Goodfellas if you've never seen it. And so my, it was my mom who sat me down to watch Goodfellas. And of course, yeah, I mean, it's, we, we've talked before about how the Oscars, sometimes like the movie that wins, it's like, it might win the Oscars, but it doesn't win like, you know, film history because- you know, mm-hmm. and the Goodfellas is such a perfect example of that, of the being the one that was like unjustly not the winner. But I mean, I don't know. Do we, how often do we watch people watch Dances with Wolves anymore? You know, I mean, co- co- I, I watched it this week. Okay, <laughs> well, never mind. But you know what I mean? It's like it was uh, on. It was just on. Yeah. I didn't like yeah. seek it out. Exactly the influence that it's had. I mean, like a film like Boogie Nights is something I think about that was yeah, definitely. Just- I, I love Boogie Nights, but it's definitely Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, trying to be. Scorsese in that movie and right right but you see the start of his career with that movie yeah and everything he makes after that is an all is like a growth out of that like Magnolia and there will be blood and I still haven't seen licorice pizza we can get to Oscar prep later but you're right he is trying to be something but then you see his growth after that and again it's like watching Reservoir Dogs when you're looking at Tarantino's career that's his first toe dip in the water and you're like now everything he made after that makes so much more sense mm-hmm. yeah. have you seen my blue heaven with Steve i have Martin? not okay so no. it's uh it's actually based on the same guy except it's a comedy about his life and witness protection and it's one that i have i love i have a lot of nostalgia for especially because it's steve martin but it's really really funny because last year i watched those back to back and it's just such a 
kind of a funny um uh it's a funny double feature to do because they they are based on the same guy but completely different tones that's obviously. Really that's really interesting I'll have um, to, to seek that one out. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if we were still doing guys like some just a couple like facts or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Film, but we want to hear uh, some facts. The F word was used three hundred times, uh, and it uh, was a record holder at the time for the F bomb. Uh, most were ad libbed because in the original script it had less than a hundred. Oh so wow! That's pretty well. Um, as you kind of briefly mentioned, Henry Hill was a real person. Um, it was based on the book Wise Guy, a uh, biographical account of Henry Hill, who was an associate of the Lachise crime. Okay. okay, I'm terrible at names, so thank you, Dan. <laughs> no, you're um, good. Again, Italian <laughs> America and New Jersey. I'm, I'm exactly. I'm you're so familiar with this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, what? Um, the uh, and then lastly, the famous uh, "How am I funny?" scene uh, with Joe Pesci. That was a real event from Joe Pesci's past. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't like didn't happen obviously the exact way but I guess he used to be a waiter uh, and he waited on a mobster and Joe Pesci told him like oh he's funny and then the guy didn't take it very well and then kind of didn't like his his tone so and then uh, Scorsese liked that story so much that uh, he decided to shoot it and it wasn't even in the script at all but um, that's a classic scene. You'll have to fact check me on this, but I'm almost positive the scene near the end of the movie when Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco are about to go into witness protection and they're talking to the federal agent. That federal agent is a real federal agent. Yes. And like Martin Scorsese like knew that and brought him in, which yeah. I think is like very, very meta and funny. I just saw that. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure so you're, you're accurate on that. Oh, yeah. So, no, Goodfellas is the, that, and I love everything Marty does, but that's, in a whole career of great movies, that's his best, I think. Totally. He's well, we, we always do. I mean, ever since I met you, Dan, I knew you were a good fella. Oh, God. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. On that note. I was going to throw one of those in there. Yeah. Oh, God. I should have seen it coming. What's your next choice, Dan? Uh, can you read the other ones that I sent you, please? Because oh, I'm sure. already like struggling to remember. That's okay. Dead, Dead Poet Society. We'll go with Versailles. that one. I don't know. What was the other one? Up. Dead Poet Society, I think, would be the next best one. Okay. And I, Robin Williams' death was an event that I still oh. remember where I was, what I was okay. doing. And it's my favorite performance by him. And to see so many great young actors in that movie, too Robert Sean Leonard, Josh Charles. Um, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, thank you. Um, I just, I love, and I love that movie because I have such a deep affection for my teachers mm. growing up. And I think that's why that movie resonates with me so well. Um, he reminds me of my performing arts teacher in that movie, where he sees potential in all of these students and he taps into something that they don't even know is there because they're at this, you know, tight laced private school for boys. And they're just trying to get through and go to college and make their parents proud. But I just, I, I just adore that movie so much. And what's funny is that they shot that movie at a private school in Delaware, mm -hmm. not that far from where I grew up. Oh, wow. And it's the same private school that they use in the season two finale of The West Wing. Oh, when they flashed wow. back to President Bartlett's high school days, that they shot it at the same exact school, which is just a funny fun fact. But yeah, I was a theater kid in high school. Same. And to see. Robert Sean Leonard uh, is seeing his character's journey to his love of theater and then obviously his 
demise because his father was so deeply uh, disappointed in him. Um, I just I just adore that movie so deeply, uh, and a lot of it is because of Robin. Um, it's a hard it's a hard watch. I mean, it's not it's yeah it's it's kind of depressing. At the end, it is, but the 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 final scene is so uplifting and and wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. I went back and watched it after he died, and it just like it it really like read differently and sure. you differently. Goodwill Hunting's the same way when you watch. Yeah, it. I love Goodwill um, Hunting. After. See, that's probably my favorite Robin Williams film. Which is a great, and you have a perfectly good argument for it. But yeah. I just have a very very um, strong tie to Dead Poet Society. Whenever it's on TV, I'll watch it. Whenever I see it on a streaming service I subscribe to, I add it to my list and I ultimately watch it at some point. But um, also, I think that the, the de- Robert Shaw Leonard's dad is, um, he's been in a bunch of stuff too. I feel like he was in like a really popular TV show and I'm blanking on his name. Someone's going to have to check me. I mean, there's so many Robert. familiar names in that movie. It's like, yeah. oh my God, like all of these people were so young back in the day and look at yeah. them now. So I know um, Ethan Hawke is always the, the, the fun one. Uh, Robert Howard Leonard. Who is he? Let's see. I'm gonna look this up because this is really I think he's like anybody. I can see I can see his face. We're doing this in real time for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know who his dad is. Oh my gosh! Well, here um, while you're looking, I was. Oh, Kurtwood Smith. Oh yeah, Red yeah, Foreman. Kurtwood Smith is exactly, and he was in what TV show was he in? That '70s show. There you go. Yeah. So. Oh, he played his dad in the movie. I thought you were talking about. Exactly. Life. Yes. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. See him, and I mean, he's detestable in Dead Poet Society, but it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that face. I know that face. I know that face. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. It, the cast is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah was, wasn't Matt Damon like that? Wasn't that like his first movie role no, too? No. Uh, School Ties is the one. School Ties. That's right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. he did write Goodwill Hunting. But he did write. Yeah. Goodwill. Yeah. That's yeah. true. This so. is a movie like it is really heavy, and it's actually one that because I assume similar to you, Robin Williams was like a hugely important figure in my childhood. And so I was like seeking out other movies and watch Dead Poets Society, just thinking I was going to have, see this laugh riot of a movie and mm-hmm. was like, what is this? It's, but it is, but it's really good. And he's great in it, of course. As much as I love Robin Williams comedy, his dramatic acting oh. is just so beyond yeah. anything i mean he's such an amazing any drama that he does i mean think of like uh patch adams even though that was kind yeah. of a comedy but also kind of on the heavier side photo. yeah say one hour photo what, what dreams may come like I, I, he's he's he, but no, he, know, he, he knows how to do it mrs doubtfire was an incredibly important movie in my childhood yeah. and, and again it was a natural progression from there um, i just watched that yesterday because because of the dead poet society i was it was on my mind so i just rewatched it yesterday it's so great it's still yeah. so so great it's still great um but yeah just there are so many things in that movie i love and it makes me cry every time i watch it like yeah just naturally it's like oh god it's gonna happen and we're gonna cry anyway. it's emotional yeah. for sure it is very much so which but. is crazy to me so okay i have my my things that i looked up when i was reading about this movie is the writer tom Schulman, he did comedies before this he did honey i shook the kids what about bob and then like he writes the poet society and it's like i do not yeah. see a connect between those yeah. at all because it's not just at all some okay, crazy kids movie and then what about bob which is just a weird quirky you know bill murray movie and, yeah. and then he does something like dead poet society based on his teachers like you're saying it was like his one of his arts teachers it was like a it was like two of his teachers that inspired him he kind of combined that 
to yeah. make that role. And it almost didn't get shot in Delaware. They wanted to sh shoot it in Georgia, but they wanted snow and that was too expensive uh, uh, to make. So they moved it to, to Delaware. Delaware. And then Liam Neeson almost played Robin Williams' role, but the studio wanted Robin Williams. Oh, wow. So that, that would have been a whole yeah. different movie. Would have been a completely different yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep, that's who that's who the director wanted, but the studio was like, no, we want Robin Williams. And like, thank God. And they and then they the other thing that I read too, which was interesting, is that Robin, when he was on set, like the first couple of days was just so awkward and playing Keating, like very strangely, like just very scripted. And then the director was like, Why don't you improvise? And so once he started doing his improv improvisation, it just really opened him up and he became more comfortable. They said like 15% of his dialogue ended up being used. That was improvised. I feel like 15% of his dialogue in any comedic yeah. role is improvised. Like Mrs. Doubtfire, he's improvising. In Aladdin, he's improvising. Yeah, yeah. Like, so good. You got. You just got to let somebody like that go. I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Let him unleash. I, I think my, one of my favorite scenes in Mrs. Doubtfire for some reason is the uh, uh, I do voices. Or oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. It's all him improvising. Like I can do a great. I always like will say sometimes like I can do a great impression of a hot dog. Like, <laughs> it's just like so stupid. And the best and part of that is that it, it's just there are hard cuts to each one. He's yeah. not doing them in a row. It's just like yeah. cut, 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 cut. It's like where, where, I don't know where he got it from, but I still miss him terribly. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people do too. So. Speaking of, that, speaking of movies that also make me cry, I know I included Up in this yeah. mm -hmm. list. Uh, another hot take. It is my favorite Pixar movie. Mm. All of the great Pixar movies that have been made. Um, the first 10 minutes mm. where you see their love story and then you see how it ends. Um, like I cry just talking about it. Like I get emotional just talking about it. And it's such a funny movie too. In the middle. Um, Whoa. That was my dog. That was my dog being cozy. Squirrel. 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 Yeah. Speaking of dogs, come say hi. Do you want to come say hi? Hi, Toby. Oh. Oh. Squirrel. So I love you forever. Yeah, literally. It's so sad at the beginning. And then it's so funny in the middle and at the end. It is a hell of a way to start a movie. I know. There's Theo. There's Theo. It's a dark but moment. I just, I just adore that movie because Russell reminds me so much of how I was as a kid. And just to see his relationship grow with uh, Carl. And then even at the end, they become like best friends, which goes to show that you can be friends with anyone of any age, any background. It's just such a beautiful movie. And I was a Toy Story fiend growing up. And I love those. And then Up came out and something clicked when I watched it for the first time. And I was like, this is the best thing that Pixar has ever done. Mm -hmm. And I still think that's the case. Great score. Um, I love that. That just like, yes. Do, 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 yeah. that yes. main it's, song. I love that. Yes. It's, and I know someone who's a string player. They played that theme for someone's wedding day. Oh, oh wow. That's, that's a tearjerker. Well, actually, yeah, and I was like, oh my God. Like, it, really? It was the <laughs> first animated film to win best original score since Pocahontas in 1990. Ah, see, oh, wow. it, I just, it has such a memorable, that song, that main like song that plays throughout is so memorable. Like, And also it was nominated for best picture if my memory serves me well too, That's correct? Right. Which is yeah, a I very think. rare feat for an animated movie. It was right. the uh, second to be nominated for best picture after Beauty and the Beast in 1991, but it was the first Pixar movie to be 
nominated for best picture and i think something clicked with pixar after that movie too because a lot of them become very moving you know i mean toy story 3 is a very like intense uh memory it is Uh, it is but you know even something like um onward that came out a couple of years ago i remember Mm -hmm. bawling my eyes out on that one but um inside out very emotional how how Um, was finding nemo not nominated for best picture that's the crazy part i guess i know it was prior to the academy expanding the field oh that's right that's right so i think it wasn't even like in the conversation because they were only limited to like what five five yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah i think that's why but i i picked up because i watch everything pixar does so when everyone Mm -hmm. when you asked me like Give us a movie that talks about your taste. My number one Pixar movie, and I watch everything Pixar does. So, um, yeah, Up is a very special movie for me, and I just love it. And again, it's some of it is so funny. Like Doug and Kevin, it's just so funny. But you're crying at the beginning and the end too. What uh, what year did that come out? Nine. Yeah. So, like, what? Where were you in your life when that movie came? I was a senior in high school. Okay. I was a senior in high school and I was just starting to see my grandparents decline as well. Mm-hmm. Or I lost all four of them in a span of six years. Mm-hmm. And it was right before I lost my first one, like a year prior. So to see like this old man still be young at heart just kind of hit a chord for me too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's also why. And also like he just uproots his house, like completely. He just like, takes it away you know it's just yeah there's just a lot to that movie that i love and um i'll get into an argument with anyone who loves finding nemo or monsters inc or the incredibles <laughs> or toy story they're all wonderful but uh-huh. for me it's my favorite for sure so it's it's for sure a different tone like i mean i think it's just on a different level than you know i would never say monsters inc's my favorite i do really like finding nemo just because like that's kind of a comfort movie for me like if i'm sick sure. and i just like want to watch something i'll put that on um, yeah. And that does have that does have some moving moments too, but up up really it's it's just yeah it's on another level than and that's why I and that's else. why Pixar is so great at what they do. They're able to so effectively tell stories like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, just and for anyone aged like six to ninety, yeah, like a six totally. year old would love up, and a ninety year old would appreciate for it sure. too. Yeah. You know, well, and it is sort of fascinating to think about when Pixar movies were first coming out, so Toy Story and stuff were mid-90s. We grew up watching those movies. Now we're adults watching up, and it's just like a weird, like, we're going to appreciate the movie for different reasons and hit it. It's going to hit us in different ways. And I don't know if they even thought about that. Like, hey, these kids who grew up on our movies are going to see this and, you know, feel differently. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and just, and they're still making such good films, too. Like they're yeah. still so good at it. Um, I know they have a new one coming out um, pretty soon, so I'll be in line to watch that on well, Disney Plus when it comes out. The uh, some of my interesting trivia were about the uh, Oscars. So the only other thing I had was like one of the one of the people that his uh, look was based on was Walter Matthau, which is like, oh, which uh, yeah. I thought about even before knowing that he was kind of based on like the gruff voice and the and his look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I love Walter Matthau, so it was just kind of a cool, you know. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also voiced by the late, great um, Ed Asner from Kansas City, Kansas. So we have to right. um, we have to acknowledge him too. But um, yeah, I just, 
uh, what I will watch that frequently and I will still like ugly cry in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and I'm you're like, really, you're not human if you don't tear up. Yeah, exactly. That scene. exactly. Oh yeah. It's like, why am I doing this to myself? But you know, um, but I told someone on their wedding day once I was like, we should all be so lucky to find our Carl mm-hmm. and Ellie. Mm-hmm. No. And I'm talking to three married people. So you guys can, <laughs> but anyway, that's my, that's my up rant. What, what, I have the list in front of me now, Justin. Okay. Um, oh, we need to talk about Parasite. Yeah. Okay. Let's do we it. We need to talk about Parasite. I remember going to see Parasite in the theater with my mom. Um, and I was a little nervous about that because my mom has like, she's the mom who watches the sound of music and the wizard of Oz when it's on TV all the time. And I'm like, mom, are you sure about this? And she's like, yeah, sure, why not? We're going to go see a South Korean subtitled movie. Let's check it out. (laughs) And now it it like turned into this horror flick. And I was like, I turned to her when the movie was over and I was like, what'd you think? And she was like, I loved it. Wow. Okay. Um, I just, there's something about that movie that's different from so many other foreign language films that I've seen. And it's just so smart. It's so effectively done. And the way that they're able to like take you along for this ride from beginning to end was so rewarding. Like I wanted to personally thank Bong Joon-ho for (laughs) the ride that he took me on for more than two hours. And I think it's also because I loved Get Out so much and I Mm. saw a lot of Get Out in Parasite, two completely completely different um, critiques. No, that's a really good comparison. I and and I just, that. I was like, this is get out for class division as opposed to racism in America, because that class division plays out everywhere, not here, not just in South Korea, but everywhere. And it was such a brilliant take on it. And the, the um, satire was so biting and you know how it's going to end. And I still loved it so much and I was so unbelievably pleased when I won Best Picture a few years ago. Too. Oh, I, I really like and you mentioned Get Out but like I for sure love movies that are entertaining but have that like underlying message underneath them and it's mm-hmm. like maybe not just like blatantly obvious what is happening and what that's what's happening in the movie yeah. um, is, is that they're making commentary on society as a whole and it's kind of disguised as just like this quirky family but um right. yeah it just it says so much in a such an interesting like cool way and yeah you're totally right even us does the same thing like that which was, i have not seen yet but have heard it's the same yeah i mean approach. that's just that's jordan peele's jam like that's what he does like he and he's he got gets, another one coming out later yeah. this year which i'm nope nope. nope um and i also wanted to include parasite on there because I am not a horror film person. I am not a slasher film person, like gory violence. I mean, obviously like Tarantino is a different conversation, but I, the fact that I loved it as much as I did when it's not what I would normally watch, that's why I included it. Mm-hmm. So I just- I, I, the Parasite for me changed the way that I see foreign films. And I love what uh, Boom Jung Ho said at the end or at his Oscars uh, speech. Yeah. He was saying something along the lines, like if you open up the door to foreign films, then you're going to be so surprised at like how much there is there. And I sound like a 
snob saying this, but I just kind of like didn't really care for foreign films that much. I've only seen really like this one uh, Guillermo del Toro did, The Orphanage. Uh, that was kind of a horror film back in the day. That was really it. Like, and so to, to see something like Parasite and be like, wow, movies can be made of this quality. They can be foreign films. And I love it so much. Now I'm starting to get into open the door for me because I love horror films of like, ooh, there's this foreign horror film. And before I would have been like, no, I, I can't do subtitles. I can't appreciate what's going on on the screen and read at the same time because I'm not a huge reader. But Parasite is one that I was hooked from beginning to end. And I was just like, wow, okay, he, he hit on the nose in his Oscar speech. Like now I am fully like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. I'll watch this. Um, so it really, really did, uh, you know, do that for me, uh, what he was saying, because that's awesome. Chris, I'm glad you said that because I was not a foreign language film person prior to seeing Parasite either. I think the last one I saw, and I'm really dating my taste, was Life is Beautiful from mm. the late 90s. Oh, gosh, that used to be one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and, and, I, and we watched it as a family because it was about an incredibly important topic, you know, his family in Italy during the Holocaust, and it was gaining all this Oscar attention, and we watched it right before Roberto Benigni's very famous Oscar, Oscar performance, speech, yeah. stepping over people in the audience, and I was just like, this was a really wonderful film, but watching and reading subtitles is something that's difficult but after watching parasite it's like you just got to get over that little line of text at the bottom of the screen and that's it mm -hmm. and and there's this japanese movie drive my car which is yeah. gaining a ton yeah. of oscar attention this year and it's coming to hbo in a couple of weeks this week i think isn't it i'll sit down i'll sit down for three hours and watch it yeah, i'm ready I've, that's been on my list and one that i've been very excited to watch and yeah i'm pretty sure it's coming out soon maybe it's next week but um, i feel like a lot of the streamers are like putting the oscar contenders yeah on. i think it's like it very week. soon because um, Westside yeah. story is coming to disney plus i think like yeah or something like that but anyway so now yeah, I, i've never been opposed to foreign language films it's just a matter of um them entering you know my world and luckily i have a husband who knows a lot more about film than I even I do and he's usually the one to suggest them and then we watch them and I'm like yeah that was great like but I, I've never it's, it's hard to seek them out when you don't know what you don't know um but yeah, yeah like I like you you know I've seen I've never been like oh that subtitles I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it a chance like I watched you know Schindler's List and Life is Beautiful and I've had seen most of the big movies that come into you know the American world and are critically acclaimed most of the time I will sit down and watch those. Um, but we just watched Profit um, a couple nights ago. And uh, it's it, it's because of the Godfather anniversary. My husband's wanting to watch the Godfather. He's like, well, let's watch this one because it's kind of the Godfather, but you know, foreign language. And it was a very long movie, but so enjoyable. I would have never heard of it or thought to watch it or yeah. known anything about it unless he had, he had listened to some podcast and suggested it. And we watched it. It was great. Um, so it's really just about being open and knowing what's out there because it's really hard sometimes to find the right one to watch. So yeah, very Plus, well. You know, as we all know, it won. It kind of cleaned up at the Oscars and really felt like okay, we're seeing change at the Academy Awards finally. Um, yeah. And while I don't know if that has actually stuck, if that if that what what we felt like was a promise, I don't know if has necessarily been fulfilled. But like that was still a big moment. I mean, I remember we watched the Oscars together that year or maybe maybe that was when Chris wasn't at but um we, we were all just kind of stunned that it 
clean up how it did because never would have thought that it would have like minari you know that's that was nominated a couple right. two years ago right. last year last year and then even in television you've got the number one show on netflix um squid game it was squid game you know everybody was watching squid game nobody had an issue like you know reading subtitles or doing sure. the dubs or whatever so i have still yet to watch squid game Oh. Uh, and so I need to, but then I was, we watched uh, the entire SAG Awards from Red Carpet uh, <laughs> the other day, and and I was kind of like surprised because I had never seen Squid Game that it, it kind of cleaned up in, in some major uh, categories. You're a horror film person, Chris. I know. I'm quite <laughs> pleased with Squid Game, so. That's, that's and, what and I you don't even have to do subtitles on that one, so you don't have to read. You can just do the dubs. And it's, oh, so I hate that, yeah. though. That's like, I know, but it's it's yeah. not distracting. Like, trust okay. me. Like, it's, 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 done, it's done well, yeah. I thought. I mean, I, I can't do them, but you're right. They are done well for Squid Game. Yeah. So I we're going to Squid Game to my final choice yeah. like a completely hard right turn my fifth inclusion was um Casablanca and I wanted to include that one because I only watched it for the first time when I was in college yeah uh, and it was a favorite of my parents and they talked about it all the time but it was never on tv um and we didn't have a copy of it and then I finally got my hands on a copy when I was in college and I finally sat down and watched it and it was just a moment of Okay, I get it now. I haven't seen it. I have really? not seen Castle Walker. Yeah. I know. Really? Isn't that crazy? Oh. Well, I that just watched it for the first time yeah. two weekends ago. So Which is go. like, I mean, and that's a Sarah movie too. It's like, I should have seen that movie because like, I, I love those, you know, I, I know it's not a musical, but like any kind of like older, you know, classics or, I'm a big like musical it. person. Oh, I know I would. Like, there's no reason for me not to have seen it and be raving about it right now. I just I never haven't. I haven't given it the time. Yeah, it's just you like I made the time for it and I sat down and like five minutes after it was over, it was just kind of like a I'm glad I finally did that. Yeah. yeah. Everything I mean, it's the perfect movie. That's what that's how I would describe it. It is the perfect movie, it's the perfect script, the perfect cast. It's shot beautifully. Who gives a you know, who gives a damn if it's in black and white? Yeah. Um, it's just it's the perfect movie. It's cl- it's a classic. That's why it's it a classic. Is. Yeah, and it, it is a classic. And it is still and it still holds yeah. very, yeah. very well. That's what um, I was gonna I, say. Sometimes when you watch these movies that are like the classics and they're supposed to be good and they're iconic and all that stuff, you know, movies are just different now. So if you're not yeah. used to watching those movies, sometimes they just don't connect, right? It's just it's kind of hard to see past the not even just the black and white, but they're shot different, the acting is different, everything, right? They're right. edited differently, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes you watch them and they just don't work for you. They don't connect, you know, whether you understand why it's iconic or not. But Casablanca really did land for me um, and my wife even because she watched it with me and she hadn't seen it before. Um, we just knew all the lines, right? Like yeah. iconic, iconic lines of dialogue that are in this movie. Yeah. And that's what's um, strange. It's like, even not having seen this, I could tell you all about the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I know what happens. I know the actors. I know the storyline. Totally. Like, the yeah. ending I knew, I didn't know the lead up to the ending to know that it's sort of a reveal and a twist. And so I really enjoyed that, even though I knew because he does the speech before she gets on the plane. You know, that's right. iconic. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's really great. Yeah, it's, and I I don't, my history of watching those classic older movies from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, I don't have the best track record with those, but 
I know that I love this one. And so I'll probably love all the others. And it's just one that I knew I had to watch a few, you know, you know, years ago in college. And I was just like, I'm glad I finally did that. It's just a very satisfying, perfect movie from an era that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, one day you will finally check this off. The well, list. I mean, but I think, no. I, th- I think you've got me, Max. I think you've got me. Somebody's somebody have their email open. It might be me. It might be. Um, I know you pretty much have me convinced. Like, I mean, not that I needed convincing. I should watch it. There's no reason not to. It's just, you know, like, like you said, we've got Oscar lists and stuff to watch and there's always (laughs) something else. And it's like, wouldn't do I sit down and just watch this? And I just need to. Yeah. My Oscar list is long before the ceremony at the end of the month. So I have. And honestly, it sounds like the kind of the perfect sick day movie where if I'm just like home by myself one day and maybe I'll do it like, Oh, Dan probably doesn't know this, but like I'll be on maternity leave this summer. So I will, I will sit down and watch it during maternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news on this. Breaking news. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. No, that'll be a good movie to curl up with a blanket in a hot cup of, whatever yeah. and watch Casablanca. I will so. I will have watched it this summer at some point. Yeah. I will tell I will tell you that much. And it's not that long. Like a lot of these too, you know, like like when oh. you want to watch The Godfather, you're like, oh gosh, yeah. I gotta carve out three hours of my right. day. Right. I mean I just watched the a profit move the profit movie and that was yeah two and a, I don't know Batman was three hours. Like I can sit through <laughs> Batman. I'll watch I'll watch Casablanca. Sure. Well Casablanca, um, I mean we don't need to talk about how great it is, but it is always it is on the AFI's greatest 100 list. I think it was first number three, but then when they updated it 10, uh, 10 years ago or on the 10th anniversary of the list, they, they made it, um, I think it was number two, they've made it number three after Citizen Kane and The Godfather. Yeah. Um, which Citizen are on two other classics that- I don't, I don't like Citizen Kane. We've been we talking about this before. We, we have talked about that. That's the one I he get- He was like, talking about the sled. Let's move on. I like, know. Rosebud, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Um, what is funny though, is that I did go to Hearst Castle a few years ago which was the inspiration for that character. And you walk mm-hmm. around that house and it's like, okay, we get it now. Like, That's cool. this is how these people lived. Um, but um, I know Vertigo has also been a popular number Vert- one choice. Mm-hmm. In these Vertigo's great. Too. Um, yeah, I, I thought Vertigo. about including that on my list as well. Cause that's also one that's just like still so great after watching it so many times. So uh, it, it, this is obviously a movie that's been referenced and parodied and everything so much over the years. So when certain lines were finally said, I couldn't help but laugh because uh, yeah. there's an episode of that 70s show that spoofs it. But there's also in, uh, I think it's the second Ninja Turtles movie when they're trying to find a new home in the sewers. He kind of like does the, you know, maybe yeah, not the Humphrey Bower thing. Yeah. 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 And he, so when that happened in the movie, I la- it's not a funny moment, but I laughed out loud. It's because I was just imagining Michelangelo. Yeah. <laughs> using- <laughs> giving these lines but um <laughs> there's great. also the actor peter laurie who is in this is one of those faces that i ha- i've been seeing more movies recently i watched the maltese falcon um, which is oh also my god movie. yes I-, I watched that a couple of years ago and he's in it but i he's a face i always know his face and when we were watching it i was talking to casey about it and i was like i know that face from like a cartoon and he was they made him into a looney tunes character hmm. um decades ago obviously like he was just a looney tunes character peter or peter laurie's the big the big eyes and yeah yeah, yeah. and actually genie and aladdin does like a brief imitation yeah yeah yeah. um yeah but that's uh, i never knew that this movie also has six quotes on afi's 100 greatest movie that i knew that i knew Um, again it's an iconic film with iconic 
dialogue. I didn't know that AFI had a list of quotes. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it is really fun to look at. But yeah, there's six of them. Like of all the gin joints in all the towns and all the world, she walks yeah. into mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll always Play have Paris. Hi, Sam. And it's not play it again, Sam. Right. That's, often it annoys me. It's like that's not how it goes. He never says that in Casablanca. That's right. Um, also, the line "round up the usual suspects" from Casablanca. Right. One of my favorite. I've never heard that one on the list. Um, is I'm shocked, shocked to hear there's gambling going on in this establishment. That's like <laughs> one of my all-time favorite scenes, lines, anywhere. And then he hands him the bag of money, and he's like, "Here are your winnings, sir. Thank you very much." Yeah. Uh, so that but, I think I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. The is it Lewis? So funny. Oh, that yeah. character. So oh, funny. Funny. there are so many funny moments in such a heavy dramatic piece. It's no, yeah. it's so Sarah. I expect a full report. Oh yeah, I'm gonna when watch you it. Finally, watch. I'm all over it. It's gonna happen soon. It's on sure. HBO Max. It's on yeah. Max. I mean, I there's no, I have no excuse. It's and like I said, it's it's a Sarah movie for sure. Like I I enjoy classic movies. The, the yeah. appearance on this podcast is part of my cool ploy to get everyone to watch Casablanca. This is part of my larger mission. <laughs> That's what I like about doing this. It's like homework. It was like, I actually yeah. own Casablanca. Like I know it's streaming, but I either bought it or got it as a gift a few years ago and I still never sat down to watch it. So it was a great like, oh man, okay. I need to watch this so we can talk about it. And, um, and yeah, so. It's, yeah, it's, it's still wonderful. So. These are, I think that a, covers all five of them, right? It does. Yeah. A great five movies. Thank you. No duds, thankfully. None we had to roll our eyes at. Did like, you oh, really God. think I was going to bring duds to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no. Please. Well, we don't know you, but now we know you better. That is true. I mean, I have my guilty pleasures that are duds, but. Well, sure. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. So. Um, like, I don't I'm, think I could make a fight. I don't think I could do this if I was on the opposite mm -hmm. side of being questioned what my five were. I don't think I could pick five. Well, so Dan, you're only the second person we've presented, we've kind of done with this format. And Taylor cool. did have a hard time pick. He picked three, but he had a hard time for four. Over his one. three, I'm curious. Uh, he Jaws. Okay. Jaws, um, Rocky Two. Rocky Two. Okay. And then, oh shoot, what was the third one? It wasn't a League of Their Own. He was going to put a League of Their Own, but didn't, it didn't. What was the oh, oh my God. I love that movie. How so. did we forget this? So, so I know. Soon. I can't remember. I know Speaking it was League of Their Own. I lived and worked in Rockford, Illinois for six years. Ooh. Love the Rockford. She's a peach. It was right. Clue. Clue was Clue. Uh, yeah. oh a great choice. That's a really good trio. Rocky Two, Jaws, mm -hmm. and Clue. I really mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, it's a, nice, yeah. a nice grouping. So but you yeah. said you've been trying to catch one of the Oscars. What are you missing as far as Best Picture noms? Let me look at my list. Um, I haven't seen Coda yet, and I, I just watched that last week. Tag Awards. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Power of the Dog. I still need to say. Yeah. I've heard mixed things about Power. Of it's, the Dog. I loved it. It's great. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Belfast. I still need to say. That's on my list too. Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, which is on HBO Max, so I can watch that anytime. Uh, Licorice Pizza, Dune, and I still want to see King Richard and Macbeth. So all of them. <laughs> Basically everything. <laughs> yeah. I did. West, I've seen West Side Story. I've seen. What are the, some of the other Best Picture nominees that I've seen? Like I'm, I'm so far behind this year. Like I haven't seen anything, so I got to get to work. Thankfully, a lot of those are streaming or will be streaming. Yeah, that's the I thing. Think all I have left now is because I watched Coda this last weekend. It was I have Drive My Car and uh, Belfast left. Yeah, so I've got and those, I and I, I West Side Story. I want to see. Oh, West Side Story is so. Oh, it's so great. So that was my Christmas movie choice, and it was. I loved it. Excellent pick. And oh, and I'm a big nerd for the original, so. Um, the fact that I liked it just as much or probably more 
says a lot. <laughs> I think uh, I think Belfast came out today, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was rentable. It was rentable like, for a while, it? and then they pulled it. Uh, you couldn't rent it. You had to buy it if you wanted to watch it. So I, but but yeah, maybe it's rentable now. That'd be nice. We uh, we almost saw it. In Oh. Was that nominated for Best Picture? Dang. Oh, uh, two acting performances were oh, nominated. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was very good. Um, oh, Don't Look Up. That was the other one that I've seen. Yeah. Which I thought was good. Um, not my favorite Adam McKay movie, but that's I saw fine. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen two of ten. Again, that's, and there, there you go with another of your, that's very, um, drop my thing. It's good. It's got a lot of, commentary on society mixed yes, in with that. Yeah, 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 very much so. It's like, oh God, the world is ending. Yeah, and there's, a, there's a message on climate change right there. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not hiding it either. Like he's yeah, very, definitely. very But this has been wonderful. I'm so yeah, glad we yeah, finally got to do this. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, no, this is great. And if you guys need some, give me some time to do some Oscar prep and then maybe I'll come back and let you know what I think of all the best picture nominees. It's hard this year. I, I don't have a clear yeah. cut favorite. Um, I, I did really like Power of the Dog. It's probably my choice. And I'm saying this without having seen two of them, but I wouldn't be sad if West Side Story won. I don't think Dune will win. I really enjoyed Dune a lot though, but yeah, Power of the yeah, Dog is probably my number one right now. Okay. Yeah, give me some time. I'll come back in a few weeks before the ceremony and I'll be ready. So Sounds good. All over it. Dan, thanks so much. Thanks for letting us get to know you through movies. It was mm -hmm. a pleasure. Let's do it again soon.